God began speaking to me a few weeks ago about digging a deeper well. We've got water at our house. We're tied to city water. But he was saying to me, you need to dig a deeper well. He was using something that had been said to me years ago by a mentor. I remember talking to my mentor at that time, my pastor, and uh, he had been at this particular church for a long time, and he said, the longer I'm here, the deep, deeper the well that I need to dig. My old sermons that used to work in any situation no longer work. Everybody's heard them. And I really have to dig deep. I remembered that. And God has been speaking to me about digging a deeper well. I remember when I was younger, working in Youth for Christ in central Wisconsin, and we built a building for, for our office space and also for our ministry. And I was helping the guy that was doing the building. And we decided that we were going to save money by sinking our own well for the uh, irrigation water around the building. And so... Um, Central Wisconsin is very sandy, and the water table is high. So it was an easy thing to do, and I remember getting the pipe out there and putting the well point on the end of the pipe and digging a little hole with an auger and then getting the pipe in place and then just pounding that thing in the ground until we started getting water. But then there came a time when it no longer produced water. We had had some drought, and you guessed it. We had to pull the top of the, the well and stick on a driver. We had to drive that thing down deeper until it hit water. Can you imagine people in ancient cultures when the well went dry in time of drought? There was no well points that they were driving into the ground. It was a guy getting in a bucket, being lowered into a hole and digging out rock and dirt sending it up in a bucket until water came again, and you could drop a bucket into that hole. That was hard work, digging a well, and especially digging deeper. Well, what does the scripture have to say about digging a well? I'd like you to look at a passage today in Isaiah 12, verse 3. The prophet was looking to a future day, and he was really seeing the day of Christ coming. And he says this, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So when we talk about digging a deeper well, what are we talking about getting to? We're talking about getting to, to, to water, water that will sustain us. What is that? We we don't just need a better grade of physical water. We need, we need the water that only God can provide. There's a passage in Jeremiah 2.13 that I think says well what digging a well is all about. So let's look at that passage. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns. Broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So two sins. 
The first sin is forsaking what was the real water. And the real water was God himself. And he still is. That's what we're seeking for. When we dig a deeper well, we're driving our point into the the very nature of God, into God himself. He's the water that we need. And the the second sin that that, uh, Jeremiah is referring to there is that we've We've created our own wells, broken cisterns that can't hold water. We've looked for it in places that we shouldn't have been looking. Well, as, um, as I've been on this journey a short time of, of, of asking myself, how can I dig a deeper well? God has spoken two things to me, and I want to share them with you this morning. The first is this. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Go back to that passage in Isaiah one more time. Isaiah 12, 3. Would you you bring that up? Notice what the prophet said. With joy, you will draw well, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Now, you might say that joy is just the byproduct of drawing the water. And that could be true. But could it be that joy also sets us up to draw the water? That it gets us in the right spirit and in the right frame of mind? The Apostle Paul had a a short, pithy statement that many of you probably quote. And it's found in Philippians 4.4. What does it say? Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. It's different than be happy Remember the song? (laughs) It's different than just conjuring up happiness, which is usually based on circumstances in our lives in some way. But to rejoice in the Lord is a very purposeful thing. It means that we focused on something about God that we were willing to praise him for, to thank him for, or to talk to somebody else about. When we get excited about something in our life, we often share it with someone. How often do we share with someone something that we've remembered about the nature of God or about what he's done in our lives? That's what it means to rejoice in the Lord. Let me give you a few examples. For instance, let's look at Psalm verse, chapter 9, verse 10. Let's say you're reading along and you see this psalm. Those who know your name... Trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Is that good news or what? The last part of that, I, I just, it just is so encouraging. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. I'm seeking the Lord right now, and I have the confidence that he will not forsake me. If you're seeking God, you can know that he will never forsake you. What a great thing to praise him for. Now, when you start to do that and you thank him, that's rejoicing in the Lord. You're not rejoicing in your circumstances that you got a raise or that you had a good meal or something else, but you're rejoicing in God. That's that's where the strength is. That's when the well point goes deep. Look at another passage. Psalm 34, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. 
Have you ever wondered if when you prayed, if God was listening? Or that he even cared about what you shared with him? Sometimes we don't have the warm fuzzies when we pray. We just do it. And we're hoping that he's listening. Look at this, look at this passage. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Okay, there's a stumbling point. You might say, I'm not righteous. You know, so-and-so is. She prays a lot and never misses a service. But I'm not righteous. Well, what is righteousness based on? It's based on our relationship with Jesus Christ. When we received him, when we believed in him, he declared us righteous. That means that his eyes are on me. And that when I cry out to him, he's listening. It's because of Jesus that he listens to me. Not because I'm so good and have done everything right, but because of Jesus. He's our righteousness. Now that's something to celebrate. That's something to praise him for. And when you do, you'll be rejoicing in the Lord. Let's look at one more passage. And uh, the passage is 2 Corinthians 1.3. So Paul is saying, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. We've had a lot of loss among us recently. Um, we've all experienced the loss of freedom, the loss of security from this whole um, pandemic thing that we're dealing with. But some of us have lost loved ones. Some of us have, are going through a process of loss as we have those near and dear to us who are failing in some way. And we're experiencing almost daily grief. Now, this is not a, a kind of shouting sort of rejoicing, but it's a deep, um, a deep felt gratitude that the God that we are serving is the father of compassion. What does that mean? That means that everything that's compassionate springs from him. He's the father of compassion. And he's the God of all comfort. And I can say in my heart, hallelujah. I know that Pastor Charlie today texted me and he said that things had gone well and he had felt your prayers, by the way. And I just know that God was being compassionate with him and comforting him as he's going through this grief in his life. And he'll do the same for each one of us when we recognize that and we thank him. That's rejoicing in the Lord. Well, the other thing that God spoke to me about when it came to the whole thing of digging a deeper well was this and that is to seek the Lord. To seek the Lord. That's a big topic, and it covers a lot. But how critical and how important that we seek the Lord. I'd like us to talk for, for a minute about seeking the Lord. Um, let's, let's look at a passage in Psalm 34. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Does that relate to digging a deeper well? 
Isn't our purpose for digging a deeper well to get the goodness of God in our lives, to have more of his power, to have more of his strength, more of his love, more of his compassion, all of those things? Well, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So seeking the Lord is another way that we drive that well point deeper, or we get down and dig deeper to get the well down to the water. I want to suggest some things about how we seek the Lord, okay? Let's talk about some ways that we can seek the Lord. One way we can seek the Lord is to get to know him through his word and through prayer and through worship. To get to know him through his word, through prayer, and through worship. Let's look at Psalm 1. Psalm 1 says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way of that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. Verse 3, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. The person that has roots down into the water, like a tree by a stream, is the person who's in God's word. They not only read it, but they meditate on it. They think about it. They think about how it applies to their life in a daily basis. And so God's word becomes for them a source of water that can withstand any drought. And that's what our lives will be like as we make his word a part of our lives on a daily basis. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Another source, another way that we seek the Lord is through prayer. Sometimes we think, that God wants only the major things that no, no one else can handle. In other words, it's up to you to take care of your life until you get to a place where you can't do anything else, and then come to me, because I've got lots going on, and I can't be bothered with this little stuff. You ever think that? I, I've heard that. Satan has whispered that in my ear and said, you, you take care of your life, and when you can't handle something, then come to God. God is saying, I want to handle it all. Come to me in prayer. Bring your needs to me. Why do, you, why do you struggle so much? Bring it to me. I want to help you with this. And he does. Oh, you know, if you're a parent, some, sometimes you've wanted to help your kids and you just thought, why don't they just come and ask? Or I, I could have helped them with that. And no going to do it myself, you know. Um, now, some of you may have been asked too much, and you might have said, enough of that. But God never gets tired of hearing our needs, and he wants to help us. What about worship? Another way that we can seek the Lord is to be part of corporate worship. What happens in corporate worship? We get asked to sing songs that we wouldn't have chosen otherwise. And they, 
they put us in touch with things about God that we wouldn't have thought otherwise. I so much appreciate the worship today. Uh, Paul and Janelle and Harold, wherever you are. There you are. And uh, thank you for uh, bringing the things of God. And Sharon, the way that you select your choir songs that are so meaningful week by week. Hallelujah. We're brought into God's presence. We're made to think about things that we normally wouldn't have thought about. That's why we come to worship. And then we hear something. A message prepared by a pastor who loves his flock and cares about it. And we're brought into a truth that we need for our lives. That's a way to seek the Lord. Well, there's, there's some other ways. Let's talk about those. Another way to seek the Lord is to find out what pleases him and do it. To find out what pleases him and do it. I remember back to um, the days that I was dating Carolyn, my wife. And um, I was on a search for finding out what pleased her. I wanted to please her because I, I wanted to get further with her. And so I was on a search for that. I remember one time uh, there was a gift kind of thing coming up. I can't remember if it was a birthday or Valentine's Day or something. And I didn't know what to get her. And I went to one of her friends. And this gal actually gave me a list and she actually came shopping with me so I could get something that would impress her. I wanted to find out what pleased her and do it because I wanted that relationship to increase. That's how it is with God. How do we seek him? We, we look at his word. We come to worship and we hear what he likes. And then we do it. We find out what pleases him and we do it. And we find out what doesn't please him and we don't do it. That's seeking God. We need to seek him. Hallelujah. Another way we can seek the Lord is to repent when you know you've blown it. To repent when you know you've blown it. Um, Isaiah the prophet said in one of his uh, prophecies, he said, your sins have created a separation between you and God. Your sins have created a separation between you and God. If you want to be on a good relationship with God, you need to take care of the sin. It's not that you can pay for it, but you can acknowledge it. And that clears the air with our Heavenly Father. And he said, if you confess it, I'll forgive it. So we go to him when we've blown it, just like in a relationship when you know you've hurt somebody that's dear to you, you go to them and say, I am so sorry for what I did. And that clears the air and it builds a, a springboard from where to go in the future. One more thing about seeking the Lord. And we've already covered this, but it's asking for his help when you're in need. We talked about that back when we were talking about prayer. Um, there, was, there was a king, king of Israel, who was uh, very sick. And instead of going to God, he went to one of the, the gods of the nations around them at that time. Sent his wife on a mission to one of these other gods to get help or to get wisdom about what to do in their sickness. God was so angry with that. He was so angry with that. 
And he sent his prophet. And he said, you're going to die because you didn't seek me. I'm the well. I'm the well of living water. And you sought, you sought help from some other source? So when we need help, we go to him. That's how we seek God. And he's honored by that. And he delights in that. There's no need too big for him. He doesn't get shocked when we bring something that's big. He's okay with that. And he can deal with that. Two things about seeking the Lord. Isaiah 55, 6 says this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. There seems to be There seems to be opportune times. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know if it's that God is closer to us at some times or we're just more sensitive to him. But there are times when if we miss the window, things become much more difficult. And if you've got a window now to seek the Lord. Don't miss it. Seek him while he's near. Call on him while he's near. I really believe that this whole uh, thing that we've experienced as a, a world in the last year and a half has given us an opportunity to seek the Lord and to come to him. And if we miss this window and then just sort of get over the physical part of the, the, the virus and go on with life, have we, have we really gained anything? Have we sought the Lord during this time? He's giving us an opportunity. Another important lesson on seeking the Lord is from Jeremiah 29, 13. Jeremiah says, the Lord says, no, he said it through Jeremiah, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I hesitate to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Sometimes it's hard to seek the Lord. Just like those ancient well diggers, there was no way around to somebody being lowered in a bucket into a well and taking a shovel and digging rocks and dirt and putting them in buckets and sending it up and doing that until they hit water. Sometimes seeking the Lord is going to take some work. God said, if you'll put in the effort, you'll find me. Is it worth it? Yes, it's worth it. Because we reach the living water. We reach the spring, which is God himself. And we need him. And he's the answer to our lives. Well, I believe we need to dig a deeper well. At least I do. And if God has spoken to you about digging a deeper well, I want to encourage you to do it. I know there's some sort of just... Uh, human wisdom kind of things you can do. But 
this is beyond just getting a vacation and taking more time off and that kind of thing. This is, this is seeking the living God. This is rejoicing in the spring of life, God himself. And if we do that, if we rejoice in him and we seek him with all of our hearts, the dividends are going to be phenomenal. So I want to encourage you to do that. I'm going to come back and pray with you in just a minute. We're going to sing a song now, though, that cements the worship that we've had today, and it's been so good. Join in the music, and then we'll pray together.